Hello and welcome to Beyond Radio Podcasts. This is an episode in our series The Veteran's Story, produced in conjunction with Morecambe Football Club Community Sports and the First Light Trust. In this series, local veterans recount their experiences of serving in the armed forces and life since leaving. The views expressed here are of the individual contributor. This is The Veteran's Story. This is the Veterans Story podcast where we speak to veterans of the armed forces to find out their interesting stories about their careers. And I'm with another gentleman here today at Morecambe Football Club at the Veterans Coffee Morning. Would you just like to introduce yourself first yeah, of all? Yeah, good, good morning. Hello, everybody. My name is Gary Knifton uh, and I'm a former Royal Marine. So, Gary, can you take us back to the beginning? What made you decide to join up with the, with the Royal Marines? Partly because my father was a Royal Marine in World War II and he landed on D-Day. That was his first taste of action. And I remember he didn't talk about it too much, but I was always very proud of the fact that my father uh, was a Royal Marine commando in World War II and he landed on Juneau Beach. Prior to that, my grandfather was a member of the Royal Marines artillery in World War I. So I became third generation Royal Marine. However... I nearly didn't make it because back in 1971, when I started to express an interest, my father stated to me, I don't think you can join the Royal Marines as a 16-year-old. So I was all set to join the REMI, and I was actually accepted into the REMI for the September intake of 1972, when in fact I found out that I could join the Royal Marines as a junior Marine, and I ended up joining the Royal Marines on the 11th of July 1972. How did your dad feel about that? Was he uh, was he pleased that you followed him into the Marines? Absolutely, yeah, yeah, he was indeed. And he wore. I, I actually, when I when I uh, was newly in the training centre, I bought him a crest of the Royal Marines badge to go on his blazer because I remember he was old school uh, and he went everywhere in a blazer and tie, but he never had the Royal Marines crest on his uh, pocket. So I I remember buying him a badge to sew on his blazer and my mother sewed it on for him and I wear that very same badge now on my blazer. My father passed away back in 1979. So when you started with the Marines where exactly were you based? Where did you do your training? Yeah training back in those days commenced at Royal Marines Deal in Kent and we did I think about 14 weeks uh, training at Deal and then we moved to the Commando Training Centre at Limpston in Devon, which is now the, the current training centre for the Royal Marines. It was absolutely rigorous, and I think I'm right in saying there were 62 of us that joined up at Deal in July, and by the time we reached the end of our nine months training in April 1973, I think there were about 22 originals left with a couple that were back squatted from troops in front from from uh, medical injuries and such. Okay. Where did you go from there once you'd finished your training? Most of us went out to Malta to join 4-1 Commando. We actually flew to Cyprus because the unit were on exercise in Cyprus. I was one of the youngest in the squad and I was still 16 years old when I reached my first unit. Uh, we landed in Cyprus and my eyes were just agog with you know the heat. I'd never been abroad the heat, the, uh, the fans on the ceiling, and the fact that we got issued a, a tropical kit. 
so um, the world, the military world was opening up in front of me and prior to getting to my barracks on Malta, we exercised in southern Turkey, in Sardinia and Cyprus itself with a few days off in Athens. So this was all happening to me within the first few weeks of me leaving training uh, at still the age 16. I had my 17th birthday in Athens, actually. And we got to Malta, settled into Malta. And then in the November of that year, uh, we flew to Malaya, Malaysia. Uh, well, we flew to Singapore, actually, and did our jungle warfare training in Malaysia. Uh, so it was a very, very exciting time for me. Are you still in touch with any of the, your comrades from that time? Absolutely. This Friday, I'm going up to HMS Caledonia uh, in near Edinburgh, where 10 of us from my 74 troop, junior Marines, are going to meet up and celebrate our 50th anniversary uh, of completing training. We already celebrated uh, our 50th anniversary of joining up, and the sergeants mess at Limpston uh, hosted that uh, weekend for us. I'm finding that as a Royal Marines veteran, people are beginning to sit up and take note of the fact that there are an awful lot of ex-military service personnel out there who, who really should be taken under somebody's wing and, and looked after. I'm still fit and active, and most of my colleagues are, but I know that there are an awful lot of elderly um, military, ex-military personnel out there that could do with uh, a bit of support. Well, you, your average day would be um, uh, falling in at uh, half seven. In, in the summer in Malta, we worked um, uh, early morning till two o'clock because of the heat in the afternoon. And then winter routine would be a normal uh, eight till five day. Uh, yeah, it always involved some form of sport or physical activity. And it always involved a bit of rifle work. Because as a Royal Marine, we are the equivalent of light infantry. So we were, our soldiering skills were always honed on a daily basis. And what about actual, you know, any combat? Was there any, any times where you were involved in anything along the, those the lines? The only um, active service I saw were, were two tours of Northern Ireland in 1976 and 1977. Down on, on, the, on the border, we actually patrolled Carlingford Lock. Um, but in 1977, uh, we, we were um, used to protect the Queen when she made her visit. That was quite a, right. an exciting time. Silver Jubilee year. Silver, yep, yep. We were uh, actively involved in um, helping to protect her. She was on the Royal Yacht. The Royal Yacht never had a flight deck, so HMS Antrim was nearby with her red Wessex 5 helicopter on it, and we had to pick her boat up, the Royal Barge. We escorted the Royal Barge from the Royal Yacht to HMS Antrim and then we followed the helicopter until it got over land. And then we did the same on the return journey. This was in Belfast. And then we went round, well, we, we were actually bussed over to uh, another venue, Londonderry. Uh, we, we put our boats on the back of a wagon. We went uh, via overland to Londonderry and did the same again when she visited Londonderry. It was quite quite uh, an exciting time because 
the Northern Ireland population were very, very pro-royal, obviously, and they, they were out there in their thousands to greet her. A lot of responsibility as well, I would, I would, I would imagine that was and a great honour. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, we, we were armed, obviously, with live rounds, and we had, we had um, orders to, you know, protect the Queen. You yeah. Know, you know, we, and we, of course, most, most military men, if not all, are, are very pro-royal anyway. So we, we uh, yeah, we, we loved that, the fact that we'd been hauled in to help guard the Queen. So how many years did you do in total? I did 11 years in total. Regret leaving. Wished I'd have stayed in and, and done my 22, but that's water under the bridge. But since I left, I had a spell in the police, had a spell in the prison service, and then I ended up in teaching and um, found my feet uh, on the public service course which is um, the further education course that is designed to educate the young lads that want to join our public services, the police, fire brigade, ambulance service, prison service and the military. Pulled in all my contacts to, to help me teach that course at various colleges in West Yorkshire and then briefly here at, at Lancaster, Lancaster Morecambe College. Did you meet anybody while you were uh, sort of in, in the forces, start a family, anything like that? Yes, I did. I married a soldier. <laughs> I married a sergeant from the Royal Military Police. Uh, sadly, the, 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 uh, the marriage didn't last too long, eight years. I've got one son from it. I bumped into her when I was attached to the Royal Military Police in Bulford Camp, near Salford. And, you know, spending your sort of late teens and, and most of your 20s in in the marines and i mean how do you sort of reflect on that is it a case of you know wow i, I got to travel the world or do you do you sort of think it was anything you kind of missed out on from civilian life no not at all Mili military life uh, military service is still in my blood now those were fantastic years those 11 years i've done nothing really that, that compares to it i've done an awful lot of traveling since but the comradeship and joie de vivre and, and esprit de corps that you, you get from working with a, with a professional unit like the Royal Marines, bearing in mind that, you know, only the best, you know, passed the training. You know, there's an, there was an awful huge dropout. So the guys that you've actually finished training with are absolutely on the ball, thoroughly professional. And, look, and we look after each other even today, you know, as old comrades. Now we're here at Morecambe Football Club at the, the regular veterans coffee mornings that we have and, and you've, you've got a new role I have indeed. here at the club. I'm about to be appointed as the veterans project officer um, for Morecambe Football Club, uh, a role that I'm really looking forward to getting my teeth into uh, and I hope to um, do an awful lot of networking, get out there and meet as many veterans and veterans groups as I can and hopefully um, get them communicating and bring them together as one especially here at the uh, at the coffee morning that we do and I'm hoping that we're going to run uh, many more coffee mornings um, per month uh, because I can see how popular it is with them. Are there other Royal Marines that you've met here through this event? I have met I have met two so far. Uh, I've got a couple of ex-Royal Marines friends uh, where I live up uh, in Carnforth and again the minute you know that You've met an ex-marine. You, you, you've got so much in common that you just hit it off immediately. I mean that—that's true of any ex-serviceman, uh, but in particular, you know, fellow Royal Marines. Yeah, so always great to meet uh, an ex-bootleg.
Well, I wish you luck in your new role, Gary. Thank you. And thank you so much for chatting to the Veterans Story and telling us your story. My pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Veterans Story. You can subscribe to the podcasts and visit the Beyond Radio podcast page at www.beyondradio.co.uk forward slash podcasts to hear further Veterans Stories as they are released. For information on how the First Light Trust is helping local veterans, visit www.beyondradio.co.uk firstlighttrust.co.uk Beyond Radio